Hello. This is Haunted or Hoax. This is a Haunted Hoax, and I'm Kristen. And I'm Jennifer. And we're back after two pre-recorded episodes. Yes. And I'm doing well. Obviously, I'm alive. I'm not a ghost, so. That would be a neat podcast, though. That would. That will be our our series ender. Yeah. Just neither one of us really exists. <laughs> we died decades ago. We just recently learned how to work a mic. It's just like revealed that these are just collections of EVPs. <laughs> <laughs> really, really spot on. No, we're really here. We're yeah. living, living the life, living the dream. But I'm um, glad you're doing better. Thank you. Yep, doing much better. Had surgery. And now we're, uh, we're here talking about ghost things. So good way to round out my week. Yeah. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the LaLaurie mansion in New Orleans. Is it LaLaurie or La Lurie? Or I know it's not LaLaurie. I thought it was LaLaurie. I thought it was LaLaurie because... I've heard some people say it that way in YouTube videos and on a TV show that I'm going to mention. Well, it's French, so it's definitely definitely not La Lori. Well, I don't know. So, we'll just, you know, it's interchangeable. It's up to interpretation. Tell you what, take a shot for if we say La Lori and take a sip of beer for if we say La Lorraine. Okay. And if so, you don't have beer, drink wine, because we all know that's better anyway. And I don't know, like take a knee. I say La Lurie because I think it's going to be coming out as La Lurie a lot for me. <laughs> um, I do want to say before we start this, uh, listener discretion is advised. We're going to be talking about some really dark, heavy subject matter. Very, I don't know what to say, very violent very graphic yes and i mean we're in the 1800s so we're i mean it's talking about slavery yeah so none of it is pretty and yeah a lot of it really really is is gross so just listener discretion especially for some of my my friends who listen who are a little bit of a faint of heart (laughs) this might Mm -hmm. not be the episode for you but it is going to be very um i think very full and very interesting episode. I agree. I'm very excited to talk about it. Me too. So let's get into it. I think that you're going first. You won. So I did win, but I really wanted to know, I was telling Joe about this at dinner tonight and I was telling him all about the history and he was like, so what do you think? Is it haunted or hoax? And I was like, well, I haven't heard the other half of the story yet. (laughs) I know. Is that... (laughs) Zach does the same thing. He's like, oh, so like what's, what's like really happening with it? And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I usually just block out all the history because Jennifer is going to tell me. So. <laughs> We're I'm very s- good at keeping each other blinded. I, yeah, I'm completely oblivious. So I'm very excited to hear what you have to say. Okay. But we're jumping back to April of 1834. And on the morning of April 10th, 1834, a fire broke out on the corner of Royal and Bayou. The house that the fire started in belonged to the... Now I don't know what to say. Don't be insecure. Just go after it. Confidently. (laughs) 
La Lori. Okay. Damn. <laughs> it belonged to the Lalores, specifically Delphine Lalores. Okay. Delphine was a high society lady who threw many parties and was well known in the city of New Orleans. It was apparently known that the upper portion of the house was used as a prison for her slaves, but apparently there was nothing being done or allowed to be done about removing them from the house while the flames are like taking over. Mm. So the people who were standing outside of her house started like kind of murmuring to each other. Like there's pretty sure there are still people like in the house. And so they go and tell Judge Conaghy, who showed up and asked Mr. LaLaurie for the keys so the slaves could be moved to safety. He received the response of, quote, there were those who would be better employed if they would attend to their own affairs instead of officiously intermeddling with the concerns of other people. Wow. This quote was consistent across every article that I found. Wow. So the flames continued to grow and start taking over the house. And there were eventually orders given to break down the doors. So there were some articles that stated that the keys were like reluctantly handed over after some coercing. But the general consensus is they had to break shit down because the Lollarays did not let them in. Um, regardless of either way, like the guy's an asshole, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was hesitation. What they found when they ended up going in the house ended up being so foul. The story was shared across, I kid you not the entire world. I found articles about this, not just in Louisiana, but in Boston, all over the United States. It made it over to England. It made it over to Dublin. It was in Bath. It was in London. It was like everywhere and the general consensus was this was disgusting so let's talk about the perpetrator before we get into what was found delphine lalaray she was born in new orleans in 1787 and she was married three times the third being to leonard lalaray who was apparently much younger than her and i actually was like how much younger is younger he was 15 years younger than her actually They got married in 1825, and she was 38, and he was 23. Wow. Shortly after they got married, she herself, which is pretty much unheard of at the time, purchased property at 1140 Royal Street Mm -hmm. and then had the two-story mansion built a year later. Apparently, their marriage was not very good. She petitioned for a separation from bed and board of her husband in 1832, and I could be wrong about this, but I feel like you have pretty pretty much had to be like emancipate, emancipated from your husband mm. legally. <laughs> Otherwise, he was entitled to like everything. They obviously worked things out, though, because he was there to be an asshole the day of the fire. Right. As for her social standing, she threw really great parties and she was very high in society. There seems to be a discrepancy in how she treated her state, her slaves, though until you know like they broke into the house and saw how she treated them um but there is a book written by harriet mark i want to say montenegro but it's not <laughs> you mean it's not angela from bones <laughs> martineo <laughs> but it's so close she wrote this book in 1838 which i read three you pages read it. of oh okay 
<laughs> That's as pretty much as much as I've read of Amityville. So I will link you this book because it's pretty neat. I keep shaking my desk. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, You're just so excited. To- I am very excited about all of this. It's really shitty, but it's really neat. Um, this book, which is neat that I found because I don't expect to find neat books like that old. Um, but it describes some stories of incidents at the LaLaurie mansion. And I say stories because I couldn't confirm these. And I want to make sure that it's very clear <laughs> that some of the things that I'm reading to you are newspaper articles. Right. And some of them are stories. Because I think that there was a lot of word of mouth, uh, grapevine things going along here. Mm-hmm. So these I wasn't able to like cooperate with anything, okay. but I still feel like they're worth it because 1838 is still very recent to the fire. Yeah. And so I feel like things might be pretty close. It's more like in the moment eyewitness accounts kind of sort of thing. Right. So Harriet wrote that rumors about Delphine's mistreatment of slaves on her property were very widespread and a local lawyer was dispatched to Royal Street to remind her of the like existing laws of how to treat your slaves but during his visit the lawyer said that he found no evidence of wrongdoing or mistreatment of the slaves mm-hmm. she also mentioned other tales of her cruelty that were still being talked about among the residents in She says that this happened in 1836, like these stories were being recollected. Okay. She said that following the visit of the lawyer, one of her neighbors saw an eight-year-old slave girl fall to her death from the roof of the mansion while trying to avoid punishment from Delphine, who was wielding a whip. It said that the body was buried on the mansion grounds. Janine Delavine, which, man, that's a good name. It is. Wrote, <laughs> wrote in 1945 that the child's age was 12 years old and gave her name, which was Leah. Later writers elaborated on that, saying that Leah had been brushing Delphine's hair when she hit a tangle mm-hmm. and it caused her to grab a whip and chase her. Regardless, the child died. Harriet says that this incident led to an investigation of the family, which they were found actually found guilty of illegal cruelty and forced to forfeit nine slaves. These nine slaves were brought back by the Lollerays through a relative. Mm. So they had the relatives go and buy these slaves back. And then they took them back, which makes perfect sense. You know, so they ended up back on at Royal street, which I just like, imagine, just imagine like what's going on there. And this child has died and the like you're obviously still slave which is horrible I mean they just they take you out of the home and like are you going to be resold which is just disgusting to me but like you're finally like okay I'm out of this horrible situation like Mm -hmm. the worst situation that you can possibly be in and then you end up right back right back there that's yeah it's gross and I really think it's ironic that they have like specific laws in place of how to treat these people but yet you're going to allow them to go right back into the home that you took them out of yeah I mean like is this the first time that there's been a law where it's like you know these people have rights and it's like oh well (laughs) 
we're not really going to enforce that. So, <laughs> you know, just enforcing just... this over here, not that over there. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's gross. Harriet also mentioned stories that Delphine kept her cook chained to the kitchen stove and she would beat her daughters when they attempted to feed the slaves of the Royal Street residents. So according to Wikipedia, the funeral registers between 1830 and 1834 record the deaths of 12 slaves, but no cause of death was stated with that. And the author does mention it's, it's a valid statement that disease could be a factor, especially when it comes to the mother and her four children that perish. There's a, like the woman was heinous, but at the same time, given the years and the fact that they would have been families, so they would have been in close proximity to each other. Like, you know, disease could be a, an active or a valid point of why they, some of them might've died. Right. Right. So now that you know, the background of this woman, let's move on to the morning of April 10th. The fire is actively burning in the house. I got so many newspaper articles about newspaper articles about this. Like it was astonishing to me. Not just like that it was like actually a true thing that happened, but that everyone was writing about it and that everyone was in agreement that this was heinous, that it was yeah. disgusting, that it was foul. Um, and that was like Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Boston, New York. Like it didn't matter where in the United States you were, everyone was in agreement that this was gross. So while everybody was in agreement about that, it was gross. Not everybody was in agreement about the details. There are consistencies in the stories, but there are also inconsistencies and I'll point those out, but I'm going to share. There was one really good article on a Boston paper called the The liberator. The paper itself looks really interesting. It was really pushing, um, like freeing the slaves and humanity and rights and mistreatment of these people. And it was like, just reading that one page that I clipped, I ended up reading the whole page because it was just, it was very like, wow, they were in it. Um, but they ended up focusing mainly on this story and they had clips from different other newspaper articles, which also showed up. So I was able to say these really existed. Um, but it was kind of a good summary. It was a yes, it was a good collage of the story. So I'll start with the New Orleans mer- Merchantile Advertiser. Okay. So the judge gets inside the house and he finds a woman chained up in the kitchen, covered in bruises and wounds. At this point, you know, he's already told people to break down the doors, smoke and fire started to take over the house. Somebody had mentioned that he was trying to like go through the house and he was starting to not be able to breathe because of how heavy the smoke was. Right. So they get into the kitchen first and they see a woman who is chained to the stove or chained up in the kitchen. It doesn't say the stove and she's covered in bruises and wounds. It looks like from a severe flogging. A few men carry her out and they proceed to go. The others proceed to go through the house and find two more on the ground floor chained in terrible condition. Mm -hmm. 
they continue upstairs. Obviously, they're clearing the house at this point, checking all the rooms. They break into some more apartments and they find four more chained and some are unable to walk. One boy that's there says that he's been chained for five months, being fed daily with only a handful of meal. This is just mm-hmm. one story of one article. So if you count all those, that's seven. Right. The New Orleans B pretty much has the same beginning. You know, the guy was an asshole. They let him in. Judge had to come say, let me in. You need to move these people. They break in. However, it goes into a bit more detail and it states that all the individuals were found upstairs in the attic in the prison that everybody was saying was up there. Quote, seven slaves, more or less horribly mutilated, were seen suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Language is powerless and inadequate to give a proper conception of the horror which a scene like this must have inspired. We shall not attempt it, but leave it rather to the reader's imagination to picture what it was. Don't even picture it. That's awful. I could just... So the New York Journal of Commerce goes into even more detail and it says, quote, seven poor, unfortunate souls, poor, unfortunate slaves were, (laughs) were found some chained to the floor, others with, with chains around their necks fastened to the ceiling and one poor old man, upwards of 60 years of age, chained hand and foot and made fast to the floor in a kneeling position. His head bore the appearance of having been beaten until it was broken, and the worms were actually to be seen making a feast of his brains. Oh, my God. A woman had her back literally cooked with the lash. The very bones might be seen projecting through the skin. There was another article that states that it was a woman who had the head wound, but honestly, like, we get the picture. Yeah, I mean, man or woman, that's just, that's inhumane and awful. So apparently these findings were so heinous that a huge mob formed outside the house and ended up destroying everything. Furniture, artwork, duvets. They said that there were feathers from the duvets and the pillows thrown in the streets. It was complete chaos. The sheriff and his officers were actually called in. I think it might have been the next day, if I remember right. So they were like rioting all day. I mean, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were called in to disperse the crowd, but by the time the lot, the mob left, the property had obviously like sustained major damage. And I read anywhere from 14,000 to 400,000. So it was wrecked regardless. Yeah. With quote, scarcely anything remaining, but the walls, the slaves wiki says the slaves were taken to a local jail where they were available for public viewing. Ugh. The B reported that by April 12th, which is just two days later, up to 4,000 people had attended to view the slaves, quote, to convince themselves of their sufferings. Convince yourselves of your, I mean, like, you have to go see it. That's awful. I couldn't find this article, just as a disclaimer. Also, according to Wiki, the Pittsfield Sun, which was citing the New Orleans Advertiser, which is like citation inception. Uh, they were writing several weeks after the evacuation of the Lollaray's quarters of slaves. Um, they claimed that two of the slaves found in the mansion had died since their rescue. They added, we understand that in digging in the yard, 
bodies have been discovered, the condemned well in the grounds of the mansion having been uncovered, um, others, particularly that of a child, were found. These claims were repeated by Harriet in her book, which is called The Retrospect of Western Travel, Mm -hmm. which again, I will link to because honestly, it sounds like kind of neat to read. Um, She placed a number of unearthed bodies as two as well, including Leah. So Harriet also described Delphine's getaway. It's said in the book, I actually read this part. The coachman told her, you know, she needed to leave. So he got the carriage, she got in the carriage and somehow was able to get into the carriage while this mob was riding. Once they realized that she was in the carriage, they started pushing on the carriage and trying to tip it over, but she got away. Her daughters, I guess, were left in the house and they were able to escape out the window before the mob reached their bedroom. Apparently they were able to meet up again. I don't really understand that flow of things but regardless they were able to meet up again and her chil- her and her children escaped Alabama and then to Paris where she pretty much remains unmentioned except as an example of a deplor- deplorable person there was another newspaper that referenced her talking about how other unmentionable things had happened to slaves much like Madame LaLaurie like like she's being used as an example, pretty much. Gotcha. She's like the picture of, in the dictionary of horrible, horrible, horrible person. Right. She died in 1849 at the age of 62 in a rumored boar hunting accident, which did you see American Horror, American Horror Story, Coven? I did. Didn't she put a boar head on that guy? Uh-huh. And didn't he kill her? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> if you haven't seen Coven yet, um, it's been out for years and years. I have the rule of if something has been out for more than six months, then it's no longer a spoiler. So <laughs> I just put those two together while I was typing that up. I was like, wait a second, didn't she? What animal was that? It was a boar, though. I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they did it on purpose. Um, An old cracked copper plate was actually found in the St. Louis Cemetery in Paris. And it was inscribed, I'm not reading French to you, but in English, Madame LaLaurie, born Marie Delphine McCarthy, died in Paris December 7th, 1842 at the age of six. And then it looks like the last number is unreadable. Mm-hmm. But according to the French archive, she died December 7th, 1849. But honestly, a nine and two can look pretty similar. So who knows? Yeah. So the original mansion apparently is not there. Right. There was a fire and then there was an angry mob. And after that, it didn't have much going for it. It stood vacant and in ruins for another four years. And then it was rebuilt by Pierre Tristor these French names in 1838 and it was used for many things schools apartment buildings bar various things it also had many other renovations which you can definitely read about on the wiki page if that is something of interest to you in 2007 Nicholas Cage bought the house for 3.45 million dollars which I feel like is a pretty good deal yeah a mansion in the middle of New Orleans um However, 
Apparently the house was listed for auction as a result of foreclosure in 2009, which adds up because he went bankrupt. Yes. Like I had no idea that he went bankrupt. Who Nicholas Cage? Yeah. Yes. I, I did know that. (laughs) Nicholas Cage has not been very good with his money. And I, I did read that he had had bought this mansion. And I think that like in an interview, he said that, he had intended to write like a horror novel about the place, but then he lost all his money. So that did not happen. <laughs> that is one man that like him and Jack Nicholson, they just make me so uneasy. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. It's oh. the eyes. <laughs> I guess I can't so. Do can't do it. Uh, That house was purchased by Regions Bank. Good job, Regions. And then in 2010, it was purchased by the current owner. I'm going to leave him out of this story since he does not seem like he wants to be part of the ghost party. Which is interesting. (laughs) I'll tell you Uh, later. Oh, yeah. I hope you do not forget about asshole Leonard. I do not. Because he actually comes up again. Oh. In March of 1869, it makes it very apparent that Leonard did not follow his lady to Paris. Apparently, he was owed $1,200 and decided to be an ass about it to the guy that didn't even write him the IOU. So he had a $1,200 note, and it was written by this guy. Mm-hmm. Leonard goes to the guy's partner, his business partner, was like, I'm owed this money. And the, guy, the business partner's like, I don't know what you are talking about. Who are you? I did not write this. And he was like, you owe me this money. I'm owed this money. And the guy's like, I don't owe you anything. Go talk to What's-His-Face. What's-His-Face was not around. So Leonard continues to be a jerk about this. A lot. That seems so out of character for him. I know it. I know it. Long story short, he turns into such an asshole that there ends up being a duel. A duel? A duel. So Leonard and the countershooter meet up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the craziest duel story I have ever heard. Love a good duel story. So they meet up and they get their guns. Everybody knows the rules. Yada, yada, yada. Stand. Walk. Three, two, one. Bang. One shot fired. Mr. Sewell, which is the counter shooter, his gun fired. And it missed. Leonard's gun did not fire because it was not cocked. Wow. Doesn't seem very prepared for this duel. So then they reset because nothing happens. All right, everybody go back to the positions. Three, two, one, bang. Leonard fired first. Sewell second. Right when Sewell fired, a gust of wind knocked his glasses off of his face. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. He had a spare set in his pocket that the oh, newspaper was God. sure to tell you about. They were gold rimmed. <laughs> Just like mine. Yes, he placed them back on his head. I'm sure yours would not get blown off in a gust of wind, though. No, they're pretty sturdy. The results were his trousers were hit, but it did not make it to the skin. Leonard made it unscathed. So they reset. Round three. We're going to try this again. (laughs) One of us is going to die. (laughs) Three, two, one, bang. Silence. But both men are still standing there. So the friend is like, are you hit? And Sewell says, quote, well, 
I don't know. Yes, I think I am. The man got shot at the joint of his big toe, and it came out his little toe. Yikes. And it said it is a 65 caliber rifle. That's uh, that's a musket. (laughs) Muscadine. (laughs) It did mention in the article that there was a rather large hole left in his foot. I can't imagine. So they get a surgeon look over and they're like, oh, there's a hole in your foot. There's a hole in your toe. Just a Leonard (laughs) and a bullet. Leonard got hit in the left coat sleeve, but it just grazed his skin. So what does Leonard go over to the gentleman and say? I won. You owe me money. (laughs) Bitch better have my money. (laughs) Rihanna just came out weirdly. (laughs) He says, quote, sir, I am sorry that this thing occurred. You started it. Like, fuck you. And Mr. Sewell is like, no, don't be sorry, bro. It's all right. You were just doing you. Like, he was literally like, you have nothing to be sorry about. And that is so fucking weird. You just <laughs> shot my, I am going to be feeling this for the rest of my life. I have a limp. But it's, it's cool. Bitches love canes. <laughs> <laughs> and all is forgiven. End scene. Wow. I figured I would end on a good note instead of yeah. ending on a terrible note. So that's all that I have. Just, just <laughs> it is a good note to end on that men are fucking ridiculous. I don't understand how, like, this is, this is clearly showing up in all parts of history that guys will just literally beat the shit out of each other or shoot each other in the foot. And then it's just like, fine. <laughs> they're they're well, still friends. They- not only like this wasn't a heat of the moment thing like i'm gonna shoot you it's and somebody gets shot in the foot you reset three times like <laughs> after this after, after the second time like nobody's hit maybe just think wow is this really worth it yeah like i yeah. honestly feel like after the second time i would have been like oh there's a really good chance i'm gonna die now and these guys are poor marksmen clearly imperial (laughs) stormtroopers for sure (laughs) so i mean that is a a lighter note after all the horribleness to end on i saw that and i was reading and i was like is this really the same guy it really is the same guy first middle middle and last name well that's crazy and it sounds like he moved on from his wife oh good he was not in Paris with her, even though he did die in Paris. So maybe he just decided to go have fun and shoot people. some people. <laughs> and barely and then, in the foot. Yeah. And then retire to Paris. Maybe he spent some time away and then they reconnected before she died or something. Which, which why would you? But I mean, he sounded like a big old jerk too. So match made in hell so that was a zach bagan's quote i'm turning into him slowly you are (laughs) an empath before you know it i did want to mention that there was an article from 1938 okay and 
1932. So gotcha. there is something called the the Daily Picayune. Okay. Go ahead and laugh. It's fine. Pick you and pick a me. <laughs> I'm a pick on you. <laughs> uh, this is out of New Orleans. And this was written. It's called The Haunted House. It's interesting history and strange romance. Events in the life of Madame LaLaurie called to mind. Mm-hmm. Cable's fiction and a few facts. This mentions that she might be innocent. Because... And they looked into it. It looks like a lot of the allocations were made by a relative, a relative um, by marriage or something like that. And previously there was a land discrepancy after an inheritance. And he was upset that Delphine got the property. They also go on to mention that Delphine stood in court for the emancipation of some slaves um after the fire which goes to show that she didn't leave new orleans i just want to clear this up so she did stand for the emancipation of some slaves it was prior to the fire and it was three slaves Mm -hmm. her heirs stood for the emancipation of some slaves after the fire but it was her heirs she absolutely went to Paris. She absolutely died in Paris. She left New Orleans. I would also like to be clear that this was so far reaching that there was absolutely no way that this did not happen. Right. Like there was no way. And they had already been found guilty of cruelty before. Right. So I'm going to link that I say link. I'll have the PDF for you mm-hmm. um, too if you want to read. Like, it's a neat, like, ghost story type article. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some f- quote facts in there that just they don't wash. Yeah. So I say all this to say that even though I got these things from the newspapers, I also want to take that with a grain of salt because it was so far reaching, like I said, that there are, there's a chance that some things were fabricated. So I want to go back to the facts. I would say that there were more than likely seven victims in this. At least. They were not letting anybody in the house during this fire. They were found in deplorable conditions. Mm -hmm. And that's the long and short of it. Like any of the grisly details... I get a little aggravated when I read that like people were expanding on this and saying that there were like mutilation and stuff like that. Like this story is already so disgusting. I don't think it needs to be elaborated on. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be fabricated anymore because it's already gross enough. Yeah. And of course, you know, even throughout history, the media is going to sensationalize something. So you're going to buy that paper and read it. And so Pain and suffering sells, unfortunately. So, right. But that is all that I have. Well, very good job. Thanks. I have some ghost stuff for you after After the break. After our little break, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Marty. And I'm Effie. 
And we are the Mums, Mysteries and Murder podcast. Each month we take turns bringing you mysteries and true crime stories from our respective homelands, Australia and Scotland. But be warned, there's no shrimps on the barbie or we jimmies. <laughs> Excellent accent, Marty. No one has shrimps on the barbie in Australia. It's prawns and oh. they don't even have prawns on the barbie. Oh. Anyway. Disappointed. You can find us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and join us over on Mums, Mysteries and Murder on Instagram. It's not big or clever, but it is entertaining. Thank you. We're back. We are back. We're back. To talk about... The ghosts of this tell, place tell me all about it okay um so the this place the lollery lollery whatever mansion <laughs> is widely considered one of the most haunted places in new orleans french quarter which i think is saying a lot because new orleans is known to be packed with its spiritual hauntings so i feel like it's in heavy competition with savannah oh for sure for sure and many people believe that you know the ghosts of course are majority of former slaves that are causing most of the hauntings um and it's been for almost 200 years that people have been reporting activity coming from this place so it has a long history of being haunted yeah i mean it was just like that article that i found that literally said a haunted house yeah so there's a lot going on so i'm just going to kind of jump in i might jump around a little bit uh the first thing i want to share has nothing to do with slaves or madame lillary delphine at all and that is in 1894 apparently a tenant who lived at the mansion that had been converted into apartments Mm -hmm. was brutally murdered in his room oh wow they found his belongings ransacked as if somebody had gone through them the police assumed that he had been a victim of robbery even though nothing of value was found missing a account regarding this murder apparently deals with the police interviewing some neighbors about his disappearance. One of his friends claimed that he was having problems with sprites, not spirits, sprites in his house or apartment. His friend wrote it off as his his imagination running wild with him. Um, But he did say that the victim told him that there was a demon in the house that was not going to rest until he met his end. Wow. And then ironically, well, or not so much, he did in the apartment, supposedly. Do we have there was any no name? No. There was no name associated with this story. I only found this story on um, Ghost City Tours. I couldn't find it anywhere else. However, most of my information is from Ghost City Tours um, and a few other places. 
Ghost City Tours has actually done a really good in-depth uh, kind of account of all the hauntings of this place. Usually they just have kind of snippets and then they're like, oh, come on the tour. This place has some really in-depth, uh, a full-on article. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of an account that is sort of separate from the fire, from the slaves, from everything. You didn't mention anybody getting murdered. So besides like later on, besides somebody getting shot in the foot. So (laughs) somebody's big toe got murdered, but that's about it. And I can't give you a name to look up in real time. So you can take it with a grain of salt. Um, It kind of shows like a kind of history of maybe these things that happened in 1834 were affecting the people that were now living in the apartments in that time frame. What year was that? 1894, apparently. Hmm. And I'm not sure he would even have an article written about him because it sounds like the police wrote it off as like a robbery. Well, I don't know. There were like a little bit of snippets like a rumor mill type articles in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. Let me just go to 1894. Well, there are 2,200 results for murder in Louisiana in 1894. So apparently... Mm. was not uncommon. It was not uncommon. I think that it's like, it's really interesting that he used the word sprites. Yeah. I think that's a... I want to say either Scottish or Irish lore. Yeah. Like origina- originating, which is weird to be in Louisiana at that time. Right. Because it's mostly French. Or Spanish. Yeah. So I think that that's really interesting, but it kind of leaves me a dead end if you, I don't have like at least a, a name. name. Yeah. And there was no name mentioned, so... I don't know. Um, But that was just sort of like one example of something that's like supposedly contributing to the haunting that's not a part of the Lollary main story. Most of the hauntings are contributed to the fire and to what happened to the slaves there. Um, I saw, which could be changed because it's spookier that way, I guess, or scarier that way, um, that this fire happened at night during one of the parties that they were hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was a grand, wonderful evening when a fire broke out into the, the kitchen, it broke out in the kitchen and spread to the slave quarters, which the Lurie said that building was empty. There was nobody in it and kind of like brushed it off. Um, the story that they tell on ghost tours was very similar to what you have where people eventually were like insistent and in getting in there and mm-hmm. the Lollaries were like, no. And they ended up bursting in there and seeing all the horrible, horrible things they saw. Right. But so as far as that part of like the ghost story, haunted history sort of thing, it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Except it didn't, like, it definitely happened in the morning. Yeah. Um, And it sounds like literally the only reason that 
those people upstairs were saved was because people were murmuring out on the street saying, we think that people are still inside. Yeah. And and got the judge. I saw another thing about the fire uh, that supposedly the uh, slave woman who was chained up in the kitchen was the one that actually started the fire and she supposedly admitted it because she had been told by Lollary that she was going to be punished later on and she thought killing herself in a fire would be better than at the hands of Delphine so right I looked that was on the Wikipedia page as well okay and they had the source cited but I couldn't find it in the source that they cited Hmm. so I couldn't actually find the article that said that she said that if that makes sense gotcha um so yeah the story kind of continues that you know owner after owner would come um but none seemed to last more than a few years nobody wanted to kind of reside in this place for very long by the 1870s the mansion had been cut up into a dozen apartments And they were mostly occupied, apparently, by immigrant dock workers and their families. So I don't know, maybe if that's where the sprites kind of come in, like immigrant dock workers, Irish, Scottish, it could have been that that sort of thing. The children of these tenants immediately began hearing unexplained moans and groans, disembodied screams. They would smell burning human flesh. They would hear dragging of chains, scratching noises under the floorboards um, that would wake up children in their sleep. Their parents would experience none of these mysterious phenomena. And like, they would just kind of write it off as children sort of making things up. Mm. However, that all changed when an immigrant dock worker came home late one evening and found on his way up the stairs, he was blocked by a large African-American man bound in chains. He had screamed at this man to move, which I was just like, this man is probably like, I'm so tired from my shift at the dock. And this man is like, I don't know, fucking around at the top of the stairs. I need him to move. Um, And when the apparition did not budge, he used his hands to try to push the figure out of the way, which is bold. But um, his hands. You know, once you get to that point of a bad day, you'll just take anyone on, yeah. living or not. Yeah. Uh, his hands passed right through the spirit, and he, the spirit, dissolved into a cold mist. Hopefully, to cool his hot head down. Supposedly, by sunrise, the mansion had completely emptied because this guy told them all what happened, and all the <laughs> residents left. <laughs> I mean, let's get out of here. Look, I saw something crazy. It's not worth it. Just like Jimmy goes and does the faintest knock on Carla's door. Just, you'll never believe what just happened to me. Let's leave. And then never that was come back. It. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know if they like left just for the night or came back. <laughs> I mean. And none of them were ever heard from again. <laughs> They all disappeared mysteriously. Um, but 
later on people spending the night in the home report waking up in the middle of it of the night to find a woman with long red hair glaring down at them as they slept did delphine have red hair Uh, i think it was black she's listed as a serial killer but i feel like yeah i did see that in uh, my research that she has named one of the first female serial killers in america uh I'm just getting a lot of pictures of Kathy Bates and I'm not really upset about it. Well, I think that she had dark hair, like <laughs> like brunette or black hair. Um, well, apparently this red haired figure is the same figure that's like staring right through them as they walk by on the streets. Uh, and this is believed to be Delphine returned to New Orleans after she's died in Paris, which I don't know how international travel with ghosts work. So I don't know why she would come back to a place like after what she did like this, but. There were rumors that she was trying to get back to New Orleans. Really? Mm -hmm. But after a lot of disagreement with her family and her children about it, she finally gave up, but she had spoken about returning. Mm. Well, maybe she just did it in the afterlife. I don't, I'm, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, when it sure. comes to like, you know, do you use your Delta miles for that? Like, what do you? <laughs> you use Spirit Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it and you caught it. Good job. Thank you. Well, at any rate, she is supposedly there but then I've seen other reports where people don't think that she's in the house and she's actually at a nearby cemetery by a church where she used to worship um I don't know why she would be in the cemetery if her grave is not there I think that would be more likely that if she was in New Orleans she would be at the mansion right there's a lot of different stories that have come out like you said there's a lot of rumors one of the stories that I saw that Right before the lorries fled the city, they pulled up the floorboards in one of the upstairs bedrooms. They had there they shackled a dozen or so of their servants still alive with their mouth sewn shut. Um, and when their moans and clanking of chains were heard, the noise was assumed to be ghosts. And their remains were found decades later during renovation of the home. So this sort of rumor is that the Lollaries like basically entombed some people in a secret like floorboard sort of pit with their mouths sewn shut and shackled and basically left them there. I don't really give any merit to the story because it's really just awful. And it's probably one of those ones that you were mentioning before where people are just going to sensationalize horrible things to sell papers and sell stories and sell ghost tours um but that story is like kind of attributing that people thought the house was already haunted so they didn't give really any credence to those noises being in the house like i think if the fire was as bad as they said that it was yeah i don't think anything like that would be able to survive right or like they wouldn't be around still they would have perished unfortunately um 
that's just kind of like a main overview of some of the general things that are happening that are attributed to Delphine's story. Um, in Portals to Hell, I think it is season one, episode seven. If it's not episode seven, it's episode eight. I'm sorry, and I'll be in the show notes, <laughs> the accurate actual episode. But in Portals to Hell, I'll just mention really quickly, they do cite a rumor of the reason why this place might be so haunted is because some of the slaves practice voodoo, apparently. That was, they talked to a historian historian named Sydney who said that the slaves practice voodoo, which is like why this mansion's hauntings are kind of amped up. They talked in this episode to a historian who said that voodoo is very prevalent and common in New Orleans. So it could be possible that some of the the people, the slaves there did do that. Um, But he can't 100% confirm or deny that. Kind of leading, leaning into this, the current owners, caretakers of this place, Lisa and her mother, Lisa claimed that there were she has found potions and uh, abandoned Ouija boards in this place. Where did the Ouija boards come from? I don't know. She's just found them in the house. So also, I, I guess, little tidbit from Portals to Hell from Lisa that L- Madame Lullery is there. She told a story where they were setting up a room in this house as an office and Lisa and her cousin we're in there setting up the fax machine. And her cousin's like, let's send a, a fax to your fax machine, Lisa, at your house to see if it works. And you can check it when you get home. So she's like, great. So her cousin sent a fax that was a piece of paper that says, hi, Lisa, on it. And Lisa reported when she went to her house later that day and checked to see if the fax had come through. A fax had come through. But the paper said, hi, I'm Madame Lullery, which I sort of laughed at this, <laughs> this story. Why would that happen? There's just, I don't, why would that happen? Katrina and Jack, uh, who are the hosts of Portals Hell, they kind of seemed a little bit surprised by this story and sort of like me, like, I think Katrina kind of sounded like she was trying not to laugh. Um just because you want it to happen doesn't mean it really happened. Exactly. And honestly, with a lot of ghost stories, it's kind of like the sensationalism of like these newspaper articles. This haunting can already be intense and scary and awful enough without you making up stories about Madame Lullery, like haunting your fax machine. Um, So... I there know. goes Delphine using up the fax paper again. Right. Um, Delphine is also mentioned during uh, the the time period where the mansion was used for an all girls school. I read apparently mid to late nineteenth century. It was supposed to be. It started out as a mixed race all girls school, but then after. I put then after fucked up reconstruction laws, they segregated it again and it became an all girl African-American school. 
uh, within a short amount of time, there were reports of physical assaults coming to light through the young girls. They would approach their teachers and say, and like roll up their sleeves and expose like the flesh of their forearms where they were scratched and bruised. And they would say that a woman phantom had attacked them. Wow. Uh, apparently the girls did not know of the history of Delphine and what had happened in the mansion before it was a school. And the teachers were unlikely to tell six, seven, and eight-year-olds about the torture of slaves that had happened before. Um, so they just referred to her as that woman, a spirit woman was attacking them. Mm. Um but the main thing that I have heard is that Leah is a very active and main spirit that haunts this mansion. Like you said, that it's she's she's a 12-year-old slave girl who was trying to escape punishment from Delphine and she ran to an upper balcony window and jumped, falling to her death in the courtyard. Uh, like you said, most of the accounts say that she's 12 year old. I saw some accounts on some other haunted uh, websites that say that she was 10. That's not a really huge discrepancy. Mm-mm. And then eyewitnesses say that Delphine carried this girl's body to the well, and that is where she was entombed. That's awesome. um, it is so, so sad. <laughs> Leah shows up a lot. Ghost City Tours had a tour in which a medium happened to be on. And throughout the entire night, she had sensed various locations before the tour guide had even told the story, which is kind of annoying. Honestly, I would be a little bit annoyed if I was on this ghost tour and this woman keeps butting in before the tour guide is even saying anything. Just my two cents. Be a like helpful medium. Don't be a... Don't be a main character. Right. <laughs> um, but within the first sight of the Lollary Mansion, the median kind of said that, like, immediately had a reaction to it. And she was like, you know, there's a lot of sadness. She said the bricked up window, that's not where the girl fell out of. There's a bricked up window. Mm-hmm. I guess that this can be seen from the street when you're taking the tour. She said that's not where the girl, little girl fell out of. Uh, the tour guide hadn't gotten to the story of Leah yet and kind of was like no you're right the story goes that she fell into the courtyard the bricked up window I suspect someone they kind of like said that like somebody did that for interior decorating purposes to maintain the symmetry on the outside of the home Mm -hmm. and then the medium went on to have like an experience of heavy emotion, like a weight had been settled on her, on her shoulders. She sensed the spirit of a young boy who likes to play pranks. It's the only place I've seen this. And then a spirit of a little girl who was often nervous. The tour guide asked if she had felt any helplessness or anger and the, and the medium said, no, whatever happened with the La Lurie, does not visit this house any longer but if that is true then why would leah be there because she is part of that story right um so i don't know you could see this bricked up window and kind of assume that's where she fell out of 
because like why else would it be bricked and then be like you know I'm a medium and I say no it did not happen there (laughs) well yeah I mean it could have been I think in the book it mentions that she fell from a balcony um and the family tried to say that she fell down some stairs yes yeah and so the balcony um so that's what I read in a courtyard yeah so the the way that the mansion I guess is set up is like they have balconies that's overlook the courtyard Mm -hmm. of the of the mansion and so she she jumped from one of those gotcha um regardless I I take medium stories with a grain of salt I'm not going to say that mediums are not legit I'm not going to say they're not legit um however if I were a medium I probably wouldn't go on ghost tours because of the potential of being inundated with people wanting to talk to me. That just doesn't seem like a relaxing time. No. And in places like New Orleans or Savannah where like you could be standing on a street and that spirit doesn't necessarily have to belong to that house, you know? Yeah. Like there just has to be a lot going on there. I'm sure. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe some mediums go because they feel like they're going to be able to help or, or something. I'm not sure. Or some just like to be the main character in their own story. This is true. Ghost City Tours also had a experience with one of their tour guides at the mansion. They were discussing the story about 50 feet away from and across from the front door the sudden, all of a sudden, the tour guide had felt a tug on her messenger bag. Uh, she stopped, twisted, and looked over her shoulder, convinced that she might find like somebody trying to steal something from her bag. <laughs> and right in the middle of the tour, there was no one there. She turned back around to get back into like character and get back into the story. No less than 10 seconds later, according to the guide, she felt the tug again harder this time. And when she went back around, there was no one there. Two weeks later, the guide was back out on the streets. They kind of looped back around to the Lollary Mansion. And she launched into the story about how everything went down. And the minute she says the name Leah, the street lamps that had been burned out for weeks flickered on. Everyone in the group paused. The show went on. Basically, they she continued on her story. She was like, wow, that's weird. When she said the name Leah again, the same lamps blew out. Mm. Very spooky. In uh, Portals to Hell, Leah comes up again in a story with Annie, who lived at the LaLaurie Mansion apartments in the 60s when they were apartments again. What a she time were- to be alive. Exactly. In New Orleans 60s. in the 60s. Yeah living in this old mansion that almost burnt to the ground like does it kind of still smell like burning right i mean apparently i mean there's reports of it <laughs> um, what does burning smell like she uh reported as a child she would look up and see a little girl apparition in the corner of the rooftop rooftop and she i guess didn't know the story of leah until much later on in life she would just frequently see this apparition of a little girl in portals to hell around the 20 minute mark they're doing an sls camera session and there's a figure that keeps coming into this chair that they're pointing their camera at they use a geoport 
which is basically a very fancy spirit box that's like filtering out all the rest of the noise and it looks Mm -hmm. like a radio. Mm -hmm. They asked how many people there are and it says, quote unquote says, after our talk with Noah, it says nine and there are nine people in that room. They continue to ask questions and they uh, ask, you know, are you a little girl? It says, yes. They gather through this session that it is Leah. So she is apparently very active at this place. I do have a picture, a YouTube video that I'm going to go ahead and send you through my phone, actually, just because I have it saved on there for quick access. Um, Basically, this is a picture that was taken by somebody on a tour. And it is the face of a little girl. What I really like about this YouTube video, which I'm going to obviously put in the show notes, is that it's called, uh, it's a BuzzFeed ran channel called like Paranormal as Seen by You. And it's a girl who takes kind of sort of evidence and people's experiences and she listens to them and she gives them the benefit of the doubt. And then she tries to debunk the photo, okay. which I think is very cool. It's going to start at the 254 mark. Okay. Here's my problem with this. There's literally something in front of the window. Yes. There's a, it's a balcony. It is a balcony. Mm-hmm. Reflections are fucking weird. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So if you watch this video all the way through, it's a 10 minute video. I'm not going to go all the way into it and like make you watch a whole bunch of clips, but they go through this story and the host goes through Google maps and figures out what's across from it, what's beside it, factors in the time of night and everything. And throughout the rest of the photo, you can really see uh, a lot of the shadows very clearly and even on the next window you can almost see into the house like you can see glimpses of the wallpaper Mm -hmm. because of the whatever lens she's using there is a like what looks to be like a non-functioning like old gas lamp Mm -hmm. right across from this window not as high as the window but right across from it And the host of this video basically was implying like moonlight could, some sort of light could glint off of the metal of this Mm -hmm. and reflect to that window potentially. Right. She, like us, doesn't want to like give a hard yes or no on things because, you know, obviously it's up to people's interpretations, but she does give a very good case of debunking it, which I found really interesting. Yeah. Good on her. But I did find it, I mean, if when at first glance, if I had gone on the tour and I had taken this photo and I had seen this, I would have been like, oh, this looks like something. Mm-hmm. This doesn't look like not nothing. <laughs> so um, I'll post the picture just for people to see, but whether you think it's a spirit or it can be de- debunked as a shadow or a light, uh, it was at least a picture that I found mm-hmm. that they had. Uh, They also got a picture in Portals to Hell that is from the guest room around 1445 on Discovery Plus if you have it. And it's basically a black mass. It has like two pairs of eyes. I couldn't screenshot that picture. So people who want to view it, you'll have to look at Discovery Plus because they will not let me do anything. (laughs) So 
Um, but the picture to me, in my opinion, almost looks like somebody just drew like a black fuzzy mass and put two pairs of eyes on it. They don't have an exclamation explanation of what this could be. <laughs> they just were like, this is a really weird picture. And it is a really weird picture, but I feel like some photos just end up being weird. Like a couple of the photos that we saw on the ghost tour, I feel like just straight up look like a Guy Fox mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it? Are you guys hiding in there? <laughs> Who just has that in their backpack? Right. Just pulling it out. Here's my chance to be in people's <laughs> vacation photos. The best kind of photo bomb. Um, I did want to say some little things here and there that were in portals to hell. Uh, I'm going to start just kind of picking two or three of the most interesting things I find in these shows. Um, instead of just giving timestamps to every little piece of evidence they find, um, just because some of the stuff is worth it and some of it's not. So I just want to pick out the, the really juicy things. Um, some things I found interesting, Portals to Hell is actually the first um, ghost investigation show to get into the house to investigate. So who's the current owners? They said it was a man. They didn't say his name. And the caretakers are this woman named Lisa and her mother. And her mother actually lives on site. And Lisa comes and cleans and upkeeps the house. They wouldn't say this man's name, I'm assuming, because like you mentioned, he doesn't really want to be tied to the ghost stuff. And I'm very surprised that Portals to Hell was able to get in here and Ghost Adventures was not. However, Portals to Hell has Jack Osborne, so maybe he was an Aussie fan. And he was like, you know what? Your dad's cool. You can come in. Well, I think on, is it Ghost City Tours? They're like, you're never going to be able to get in here. Like they don't do ghost tours in here. Yeah. Um, and like if the people are outside on the balcony and they see people like taking pictures, they'll go inside. Yeah. Like it just seems like they want to be distanced from it. Yeah, I think so. It gives me a little bit of an Apricorn sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Apricorn is like complete rumors and not substantiated at all. And they're just like, please leave us alone. Our house is beautiful and we just want to live a normal life. This is like you know, horrible, horrible things happened here and we understand, but we're just trying to make something good out of a horrible situation yeah. of, of a building. Um, and we would like people to just leave us alone. Stop taking pictures of other people's houses. Honestly, unless you, unless you have permission mm-hmm. or you work for State Farm. Um, or the tax the, assessor's office, I guess. My mom used to do that, like as a side job, like State Farm, if you had to like get like, pictures of your yard or like measure things Mm -hmm. for insurance purposes she would go out and take I would go with her take little Polaroid pictures of your place so State Farm could assess it um just 90s and early 2000 things (laughs) just typical 90s kids stuff helping your parents with their job (laughs) with their side jobs um but I did think it was interesting that they are the first show to actually get access. Um, mm-hmm. And Katrina had mentioned that she was trying to get into this place for at least 10 years. Uh, Katrina also experienced a lot of lightheadedness in this house while she was going from room to room during the tour. She would get like a lot of lightheadedness, a lot of like 
woozy and easy feelings. And she's like, I just don't understand why that would be. I don't know if you've ever been in an old house, uh, even a mansion like this, a grand mansion like this is bound to succumb to the years and the history, especially being rebuilt after a fire. I experience this a lot when I'm in older houses, the foundation can be sturdy, but it can also still be a little bit worked and uneven. And so that will give me a lightheaded feeling most of the time. There was this particular house that my mom had a business in where I literally could not be in there for very long because it just gave me like the nauseous lightheadedness because it was a very old house. Mm -hmm. And from room to room, the foundation sort of shifted just a little bit to really bother me. So when she said that, it kind of brought that up to me that that could be an explanation to why she was experiencing that. Mm -hmm. Or it could be ghosts. It could be inner ear ghosts. Vertigo ghosts. (laughs) Vertigo ghosts. (laughs) So, but that's that's really all I have for you as far as the haunting. There's a lot of like personal stories. There's a lot of like feelings. There's a, you know, unexplained voices and screams and stuff throughout the years. But since it's really closed off to being investigated on the inside, there's not a lot of most recent, like current, like film or EVPs or things like that. I'm sorry, but the fax machine really just took me out when she told that story. I had to pause my viewing and be like, are you serious? It just makes me question everything else. Yeah. Uh, Leah is is in a lot of this well leah is the only named person yeah like in the newspaper articles so is she in there a lot because she's an active ghost or is she in there a lot because it's the easiest thing to put a name on yeah she has she has a name that's associated with it it's a good point i don't know i assume if you're a little girl and you die in that way you're you could have a you know an imprint mm-hmm. for sure. I think that the trauma of this place could leave an energy signature. Absolutely. I, I don't think, think that, I think that there is plenty of reason for this place to be haunted, but I just feel like based on the evidence that you were able to find, it doesn't sound like it is. I think that it's hard to say yes or no because this place has been sealed off. Yeah, I agree. And in, I will say in portals to hell, uh, they do get a few like random, like disembodied screams, Mm -hmm. EVPs. They get a few like weird growl EVPs throughout the thing. They don't get a lot of like groundbreaking, earth shaking, like Delphine is here. She doesn't like come through and specifically make herself known. So write it out on a piece of paper. She doesn't, except for the facts Mm -hmm. where she says hi and it's me. It's me, Madam. Hello. Hello there. Um, so I don't want to say that this is a complete hoax because obviously things have happened there. And I just think a lot of the ghost stories that you're going to hear on ghost tours are coming from personal experiences that um, some tour guides have had and personal experiences and stories from 
over 200 years of people saying this is haunted. And I can't say for sure who is there. And I cannot say for sure if they really are there because except for portals to hell, nobody is able to get in here to do like a whole like actual investigation. If Nicolas Cage still owned it, there would absolutely be ghost tours allowed. Oh, for sure. And he would be a tour guide. I bet you. Him and Zach Bagans. And Nicholas Cage. I mean, not Nicholas Cage. And uh, Post Malone. Jack, Jack Nicholson. Stop it. <laughs> Just come busting through one of those damn doors. <laughs> Actually, it's Kathy Bates. Christopher Walken sometimes is there for no reason. <laughs> he just comes walking in. <laughs> Some whole show. God, Nicholas, why weren't you more responsible with your money? Come on, Nikki. But yeah, so I'm on the fence. I think it's a great story, though. It is. It is a very I mean, it's an awful story. Right. It's a very uh, intense, horrible, horrible, horrible story, but it's very interesting how big of a reach it got mm-hmm. um and it's it's very compelling to learn about regardless of whether it's intensely haunted or not and also I really want it to not be haunted because I want these poor poor people that had suffered so much to have moved on to some sort of afterlife where they found peace and not are, are not stuck there yeah I feel like the kind of disembodied moans and stuff like that like that's kind of to be expected because that just had to be terrible and I would not be a bit surprised if that like left a print of some sort yeah and I listened to a few podcasts about the supposed things that happened to these people and you know I'm glad that we didn't really go into a lot of like gruesome detail because I just feel like it's not needed uh you can listen to I think lights out podcast goes into more of the actual like methods of torture supposedly that went on there um and it's just just it just is it made my skin crawl it made me sick to my stomach yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to point that out on the wikipedia page they kind of go into, if you go down to the Lollary folklore, it talks about what has been written and like the works that have been created based on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Janine Delavine wrote uh, Ghost Stories of Old New Orleans in 1946, which I love how it says Old New Orleans in 1946 when now it's just like even older. Yeah. But she was one of the fabricators that like they, she had um, people chained to the wall with their eyes gouged out, like disgusting yeah. things. There were no sources for any of those claims and none of that was ever mentioned in any of like the original, like the original news stories were already so gruesome. They would yeah. have included stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there was another one, Journey into Darkness, Ghosts and Vampires of New Orleans, written in 1998. She did a similar thing of fabricating things where like limbs were removed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. And it just, again, no sources, no citations, no supporting evidence, no nothing. So just be careful what you watch and what you listen to and what you read and make sure that you're having a fine line of fact and fiction. Like this is a, this is a gross story when you get to the bare bones of it. 
right it's something that like should have never happened and it's deplorable enough without the like made up parts Mm -hmm. um and I think it's really telling and sort of also gross how like evil the human mind can be Mm -hmm. to add these details to an already horrific story that's exactly right yeah (laughs) so just watch out protect yourselves if you go and do some more research on this house and this story I would be interested in seeing this place uh, in person on a ghost tour I wouldn't want it to be the main focal point of the ghost tour so no I think there are definitely other houses in New Orleans that also warrant a visit right I also one day want to explore the vampire angle of <laughs> New Orleans because that bring that's brought up a a lot actually um and I think that's super interesting so well that was also a like a thing like a rumor that she would use like her slave's pancreas as a POTUS mm-hmm. to keep her young appearance yeah so, you know those pancreas full of vitamin yeah that's weird pee. I would think more like placenta that's what people use these days well, you can't exactly go and like pull those out of people on the reg. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> that's what people use these days. Pancreas is a lot more available. I guess that's true. <laughs> Don't be pulling body parts out about it. Anybody Eat things in your body, unless you're a surgeon and you're paid and you have medical reasons to do so. Correct. And then don't rub it on your face. Yes. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah great job you too this was this was very very, a very chunky story Mm -hmm. so uh next time we're gonna go to oh hi oh ohio it's for lovers if you didn't get that then you're not a email kid i'm very sorry (laughs) um but put that on your Honor Hoax Spotify inspired playlist if you don't mind. We have one of those. We should make one. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> I agree. One day when I get bored, I'll make one and I'll share it with all of you. Um, but yeah, what's your sage moment? You first. Um, my sage moment is kind of lame, I guess. It's that time of year where I thanked all the episodes and I'm now going through the current season of Love Island UK. So I'm ready to get back into the UK slang. I'm ready to get back into the, the you know, the chat and the grafting. Uh, if anybody else loves Love Island UK and you're an Islander or you're a bombshell, hit me up on social media. We can talk about it. We can have our own little haunted or hoax love island crossover where we talk about it um but it's it's i usually just basically let the season go on because there's so many episodes i let it pretty much get to its almost end point and then i start watching so i have like 40 episodes to go through so i'm not mm. ever without an episode what a great way to do it i wish i did that with more things I, you know what? I'm very patient. I will wait and I will, I don't care if things are spoiled for me. I'll still wait and I'll watch. There are some things that I can be patient with. There are others like Handmaid's Tale. I 
That's understandable. It's understandable. You know what my parents told me that they watch? What? The full series Outlander. Really? Guys, if you don't know, my parents, they like live at church. <laughs> but they told me that. And my dad made a, no, my dad made an Outlander comment. And I was like, he goes, have you Mm. seen that? And I was like, have you? Have you? (laughs) What's going on here? Where are your parents? (laughs) Aren't there parental controls on your TV? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, he goes, yeah. I was like, I don't know how to talk to you about this without talking about all the sex scenes because it's like every episode, at least every five minutes they're having, they're, they're doing it. Right. Nope. He said that they just skip past that. He said that oh, they, just, parts. they just, re- they just, they just fast forward through it. <laughs> oh, that's I was cute. like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it gets a little like, have you seen any of Outlander? I've seen a few episodes. There is one episode that things get really rapey. Like it's pretty much the entire last part of the episode. Ugh. It's really bad. Like I turned it off because it was so unnecessary. And I was like, yeah, like the later seasons get really heavy. And he was like, yeah, no, we're all caught up. And I was like, I'm not even all caught up. What are y'all doing? (laughs) I was floored. That is very surprising. But not surprising that they just fast forwarded through the. Yes. No, no, that's that's not surprising. The gritty bits. Love Island is not like Outlander, by the way. <laughs> no. I if you need something light, maybe your parents should like try Love Island. <laughs> no, they usually watch like, you know, Downton Abbey, <laughs> Larks Rising. Something. Lord help them if they get a hold of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> My sage moment. So we were talking about the most popular vampires. Like, what is the most well known vampire? Edward. You would think Edward? Yeah. So it turns out that it was the vampire from Sesame Street. The Count? Yeah. Really? My coworker said that he didn't count, but I assured him that he did. <laughs> I thought this was going to be a fun fact and turn into a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. I don't really know the most popular vampire. And I was just joking about Edward. I would think it would be Nosferatu or Dracula. At this point, it probably would be Edward. Yeah, for Gen Z. No offense to Gen Zers that listen to this podcast. Um, but that was a good joke. I, I, you had me going. I thought, I was like, oh, it's fun fact. Tying into the New Orleans vampire scene and the count, which would make sense. That was told to us. We went to go eat at... Um my brother's restaurant that he used to manage and like the old location and it was told to us by our server on the way out and my brother was like did you make that up and he was like I did wow so props to him props to you you should write more jokes I agree it's good it's good all right well hope you enjoyed the episode Make sure you look out for, you know, the Instagram will have photos and everything that corresponds, like always. Give us a like and a follow, all that good stuff. Yeah. And we will talk to you later.
see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. As always, we love getting suggestions from you guys. Be sure to send us your recommendations of stories to cover, locations to visit, ghost tours to go on, and all that good stuff. You can send it to hauntedorhoaxpod at gmail.com or DM us on social. Yeah, you can find all of our links to social as well as episodes and blogs on our website, hauntedorhoax.com. And if you feel like helping us out, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just drop us a few stars on Spotify. Bye. Bye.